Hi guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Heidi. And this is Betty Squared. Welcome back. We are taking a, a look over the first season whilst um, the current uh, season is on hiatus. Uh, and we are up to episode number six, yeah. which, no, episode five, chapter six. There you go. Because it's always for whatever reason. Is it? No. No, now oh. I'm confused. No, it's 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 just episode six, chapter six, because it's it's we're going one, two, three, four right now. Later on, it gets confusing. Right, that's I think that's what threw me because later on it's like episode eleven, but it's chapter twelve. It's yeah, yeah it's weird along the way. But no, you're right. We are on chapter six. Faster, pussycat, kill, kill. Yeah. What did you look that up? I can look it up right now if you didn't. Yes, ma'am. No, I already did my research. I was like, Ooh. I know for a fact the film. Um, so it was a film that was made in 1965. Um, I forget who the director is, but I'm going to just quickly grab that now. But hmm. it's about the whole film's premise is about scheming people and scamming. Um, I'll get you official faster pussycat. Here it is. So it was directed by Russ Mayer, written by Jackie Moran, um, and IMDb says it is about three go-go dancers holding a young girl hostage who come across a crippled old man with his two sons in the desert. After learning he's hiding a sum of cash around, the women start scheming him. Huh. So, not exactly the premise of this episode, but sort of close. <laughs> no, like, no, not quite the, there. <laughs> no, no, no. In the scheming sense, like, you know, uh, you've got Alice and Hal kind of scheming Betty out of, like, the information about Polly and things like that. I think there's some similarities, but there's certainly no go-go dancers, that's for sure. No, and no murder yet. I mean, other than Jason. <laughs> Exactly, but that's old news. He's that's, been dead yeah. forever now. It's old hat. <laughs> oh goodness! But yes, I I knew straight away when I when I saw what the title was for this week. I was like, that is definitely a film. I haven't seen it, but I know it exists. So I, I found it pretty quickly when I looked on IMDb. But um, do you want to hear what my very first note is? Yeah, it's quite fun. It's just so random, but this is how I've started with my notes. God, I hate Josie, exclamation mark. I get she's stressed out about her dad visiting, but the way she takes it out on the others is awful. Even her little wave as she says goodbye to Val is so disrespectful. <laughs> that is literally my first note about this episode. That's so funny. I totally I totally get that. She she is a person who can be um annoying I guess I can't think of a better word or, or a better phrase for it but that's just exactly what it is she's just a little bit annoying and she I mean she's the the ultimate diva of the show like Cheryl is also a diva and so is Veronica but like Josie takes this literally in and figuratively takes the stage is the center of all she hopes to be in her universe. The world like revolves around her and just is the penultimate diva of Riverdale. Um, and that can be annoying as like, as much as people like love Beyonce or whatever, 
whoever your your personal diva is um i feel like if you knew them in real life it would also be annoying yeah i mean i know myself i'll get really upset and cranky when i'm tired or when i'm stressed mm-hmm. but the way that she 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 takes it to a whole new level like a really unnecessary level like it was even, and I think I mentioned it in, you know, their first episode when they sort of popped up, that she's so quick to jump down Archie's throat. Mm-hmm. When he goes to her and says, hey, aren't you Josie? And she's like, uh-uh, no way. We don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, yeah. She's got something to prove. And sure. it's clearly, you know, she's trying to prove herself to her father and in her own mind feeling like she's failing. but she's she's so vicious Mm -hmm. she doesn't really she doesn't give anyone else a chance to make mistakes or fumblings she is here and you're either on her team (laughs) or you're not and the reference i thought of which you don't watch the hundred right (laughs) so for anyone if anyone's listening and they watch the hundred and they're on the new season she's basically octavia and she's like you're either one crew or you're an enemy of one crew like you're one of us or you are our enemy and we're gonna kill you yeah just how her life goes i guess yeah i understand completely that makes yeah that makes so much sense yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean like i've known people like that in my real life as well but like I mean, we just had this whole conversation before we even started about how I make and lose friendships quite easily. But, um, but just not just you, it's no lots of people. But one of those people who I think of, she was this type, she was the diva, she was the she was the girl who wasn't even necessarily the prettiest or the nicest or the most talented or whatever or even the most popular, but she was still the one who always wanted to assert herself into the front and be the person, the center of attention, and be the, um, you know, the person everyone is looking at, even if it wasn't for a good reason. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, I just don't know, and this, you know, relates as well. I don't understand what her dad's issue is. Now, clearly, he's got a bug up his ass and doesn't think she's good enough for whatever reason. But I don't understand what his motivation is. Like, I don't understand where that comes from because this is the first and last time I think we ever see him. Yeah, we never see him again, no. We never see him again. And then the affair that Mayor McCoy is having with Sheriff Keller gets revealed. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. They talk about leaving their their partners um, and you know, to run away to be with each other, basically. So what is it that makes him so unimpressed? Because she's not a bad singer. She's excellent at what she does. And she, you know, she is a pioneer for um, people of color, as she likes to, you know, as she likes to mention. Sure. Um, And like, and it it is kind of like a cliche that like, oh, your high school band or whatever, that's always kind of been a cliche. But like for people, for three people, for three young people to actually come together and 
do it and succeed and like and be and be known by everyone in their town as this like group that is really talented yeah that's an accomplishment and that he and she's also pretty she's skinny she's fashionable she is she is totally marketable like if he's looking at it from just a business like standpoint she's marketable she's sellable you can sell this thing you can she has a brand and their whole group has a brand and you can sell it um so yeah I don't get I don't get his issue I feel like maybe it's one of those things where you know when um and I mean my parents didn't really do this because I don't think it was their experience but I know people whose family have like either come from another country immigrated and that they their kids are then the first generation of Americans and they give them this life that they didn't have you know like so say your parents grew up in a certain kind of way where they had to work really really hard and get all this stuff for themselves and really make their own kind of life and then when they have kids because they wanted their kids to have a better life they succeed in that and their kids then have a better life and don't have to work quite as hard as they did and then the parents are resentful to the kids because they have this better life that they never had and it's this really weird um thought process of like you wanted your kids to have a better life you succeeded and did this amazing thing gave your kids this better life and then you're mad at them because you're jealous Mm -hmm, of their experience mm -hmm. and uh, maybe that's what it is because I mean Josie's because that whole portion kind of annoys me I was not fully giving that scene a good watch but um (laughs) but like he's successful um I could catch that at least and maybe he just wasn't as successful as quickly as Josie and he's jealous but it's, it's not just that him as a character in general is just so angry at everything. Yeah, like, bitter, bitter Fred dude. Get, yeah. Fred gets up and makes that presentation uh, in front of Mayor McCoy. Yeah. First of all, I was like, wait, why is he even in the room? This has got nothing to do with him. This is business. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, well, he's married to her. So, you know, it's a, it's a small town. Maybe that's just okay or they've just given him a pass but then he's like oh yes I respect what you're saying but actually you're wrong and I thought in my head I was like dude you shouldn't even be at this meeting shut up what what are you what grounds do you even have to like speak right now exactly and he's just he's so angry and he's so negative and it's kind of not justified and I would have liked to have known why or at least had some depth with him where he's like, you know, I need you to try harder. You know, I you were off on that note, or why did you do yeah. this? Just something to explain. Or why is that asshole? <laughs> yeah. Or even if we got like an inkling of the Sheriff Keller and Mayor McCoy um, affair earlier on, like, is that why? Is that why he's so mad because he has lost his wife and is suspicious of her affair? So he's taking it out on everyone around him. Like that would have been but, something that would have tracked if we just even had like an inkling that like this marriage isn't good. Right. Or maybe, and maybe he's just an abusive asshole. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's that foreshadowing that we were talking about last week. Maybe that's what it did. Yeah. Maybe 
watching it with fresh eyes and, you know, granted for the, the third time, um, I just felt annoyed by his character. I'm like, dude, what a, why did you accept this role? There's nothing to show with this character. It's not going to like really progress your career. Yeah. You're not adding anything to your reel on here. Exactly. And (laughs) adding anything to the story, which, you know, is something that I, as an actor really like, Uh, you know, I pick those characters who either go on some type of emotional journey or have something to add to the story and he kind of doesn't yeah um I do feel like that he was added and is in the story in this point to give Josie just like any kind of turmoil like give her any kind of like reason to be frustrated and to lash out at Valerie in such a way that it then leads to her breaking up with the pussycats which ends up being so short-lived and is literally just a way for Valerie and Archie to get pushed together more when they just could have really got in together. Like, I I don't think they needed this reason to, to hook up. I don't know. (laughs) I think it was whether the, the drama with the pussycats happened or not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that this was like a plot device to move that part of the story forward is just not like really valid for me. No, me either. It was unnecessary. I would have much rather seen, you know, more of what was going on with Polly because this is obviously the first episode that we meet her. Your or favorite. you love her. Yay! And when I say, um, when I say, I would rather see more of her. That's <laughs> that really shows little, I I'm more than happy to hear more about her story. <laughs> Yeah. Although, okay, I'm gonna, I really do feel like the more I watch her, because I'm paying more attention to her, I never really thought about her or her performance. She was just kind of a meh. Like, she, she's there, she's existing in this story, but I, my focus is usually Betty, and she's usually sharing the screen with Betty, so my eye is always pulled to Lily. Like, that's always just where my eye goes. But, um, but I, because you don't like her so much, am drawn to watching her now and being like what's actually going on here because I watched her in Once Upon a Time and she's not bad she was good in Once Upon a Time she was endearing she was charming she was fun like I liked her character um so I'm like I think huh what did she play what role she played um Robin Hood's daughter and um the Wicked Witch's daughter her name was Robin after her father that's um that's revolutionary (laughs) um but she was an interesting character she she was gay and she had I mean spoilers for once about a time sorry if you haven't watched the newest season but like it's been over for a bit um (laughs) but she is gay and she has a relationship with Alice as in like Alice in Wonderland kind of uh character and um and she was fun. I-, I liked her a lot in that in that show. So it's made me watch her a little more critically. And in the scene with Betty, when she's when she's telling her um, about her and Jason, and like he was so excited about the Betty, and just like listening to her inflections and like all that stuff, she gives Betty this look when she's like, when she says, uh, "What was it?" I think she says like, "Have you seen him?" She's like asking about Jason. Um, and yeah. she gives Betty this crazy eyed look that I was like, oh, this bitch is so fucking crazy. Like, I I do. I think I think it's purposeful. I think these are all choices 
that she's making or their how she's being directed to do this but I really feel like her the way she plays Polly she's supposed to be off kilter she's not supposed to be all there and she she's a little wackadoo and I think it's really purposeful and I'm seeing that this time around I mean I just put it down bad acting to be completely honest sure but I don't think that's what it is Uh, I disagree we'll we'll differ on our opinions um (laughs) But I've also seen her in other things, so it's like, I don't know. I have something to compare to, you know? Yeah, exactly. But you, do you know the look I'm talking about when she looks at her and she's like, do you, like, have you seen Jason? Have you talked to him or something like that? And she looks at her and it's this look of yeah. like crazy eyes. Okay. And you know. Sorry. I'm, I, I don't think you're going to win with this one for me. I'm just, I'm not talking about the, her overall as an actress, but just like that one moment. I honestly, I don't think I can see past it because I honestly thought it was just bad acting. I didn't think it was, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, she's crazy. I see what she's doing here. It was just like, Ugh, why is she saying it like that? That's not a good way to say it. All right. Sorry. I'm awful. I'm so mean about Polly. <laughs> You are, you are. I hope she doesn't listen, poor thing. I I, I think you're you're doing your darndest, hun, with with what you're given. And you know what? I feel like this is like um she'll just casually be looking through iTunes and being like, "You know what? I really um want to listen to a podcast all about the actress who plays my sister. Let's watch Betty Squared." And then she'll take a listen um i just said watch but you know what she'll I mean. watch and she'll listen she'll look and she'll listen Good she'll look and she'll listen mm-hmm. and then she'll be like oh one of these girls really hates me in the work i'm doing she has to get a couple episodes in though i don't think we really attack it early on no that's true oh god no i just Poor i thing. can't for whatever reason i just can't with her character okay but, yeah, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that one, my love. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, but obviously, yes. Um, uh, Polly is introduced this this episode, so we've got that storyline now. And then you know, it's she reveals the important fact about um Jason's car being mm-hmm. dashed away, and Betty and Jughead find it, and I don't know why. But they go and they leave to find Sheriff Keller. Why? I know that was like, him? do you not have cell phones? <laughs> I mean, they do because we see Betty try to call Jughead whilst she's in the office of um, the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. I know it's a rhetorical question because they're stupid. <laughs> mm. How beautiful Betty and how beautiful Jughead. <laughs> and they're just not always all there. They try really hard, but they're really distracted from all the kissing. They are but it's their first kiss and it's so cute it is the first bughead kiss and it's so cute i knew it was coming like at the very beginning of that scene i was like oh here we go you know the first time i watched I, it i couldn't remember when they got together i actually thought it was much later than that mm, no no we don't get much which is what worries me about about <laughs> about bughead because i'm notorious for loving slow burn relationships um like basically things that you 
go seasons without like them actually getting together and then they do in the very very end um so Buckhead's different for me um because they really they really jump to it early on yeah I um but I mean the good thing about it is obviously we know what's coming but originally when we watched it we didn't what I like about their relationship developing early is that it gives it room to to change you know they break up they get back together they break up they get back together it enough time has passed by the time we get to those episodes that it's justified yeah yes whereas um Archie and Veronica obviously take a little while longer to get together you sort of start to see the stuff happen and unfold but um it doesn't actually you know, happen until after he and Val break up. And that's a pretty short-lived romance anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But, yes, they have their first kiss, and it's adorable. And then, of course, Betty goes straight back into Nancy drawing. I love it. Yes, She's all yes. <laughs> Very <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but speaking of firsts, this is also – uh, Fred and Hermione's first kiss. Yes. Which I kind of had a realization this episode about oh, yeah? the Hermione Fred situation. Cause we've kind of talked about in the past few ones, like why was this show so short lived? And like, there's really no, not too many remnants of this, like what really boded to be like a deep and interesting relationship between Hermione and Fred. Um, but in the second season, there's not really too many remnants of it. They're pretty separate. Um, they're going the most tension that they have between each other is that they're going after each other, like they're competing, they're campaigning against each other in an electoral race. Um, yeah. But that isn't like sexual in nature at all, or even like platonic. It's it's very like businessy and political. Um, but I kind of realized it's that thing of. Um, it's exactly why if if we ever get a FP and Alice thing, it'll have to come at a time when Jughead and Betty aren't together. Like, if Fred and Hermione are together, Archie and Veronica can't be together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. TV shows never allow that to be a thing that's happening in the world of their existence. And I don't really... Like, I get it to an extent, the, like, taboo-ishness of it, but, like, your mom and your dad are dating, but you're not related. Like, it just doesn't affect, but TV shows will never allow it. Um, so, and in any TV, I can't think of the show that I, is, like, on the tip of my tongue where this happened. Oh, my gosh, this is bugging me. It will probably come to me. But where this exact thing happened, but it was, like, whenever the parents were dating, that meant the kids had to be broken up and vice versa. Oh, uh, Gossip Girl. Whenever yes. um, whenever yeah. Dan Dan and Serena's mom and dad were together, they couldn't be together. Like, they were not together at the same time on the show. And if they did, there was always, like, comments about it. Or it was always very, like, eh, it's so weird. Yeah, I mean, I not in my immediate family, but my extended family, um, there was something where, um, and I don't even know these people, that's sort of how extended it is. Mm -hmm. uh, there was something about a son started 
dating like this girl and then they decided they were going to get married and then the mom from one side and then the dad from the other started dating so it was like say for example my mom and then my husband's dad started dating Mm -hmm. it's totally fine because there's no mixing of anything no but it has that weird sort of taboo associated with it sure yeah but that yeah is just something that as a society we've we've put on ourselves you know for sure people will always be very quick to call a woman a cougar if they're dating somebody younger but it's totally fine if a guy dates somebody younger you know it's that weird kind of things that society says says is okay and is not okay for sure yeah exactly um it's so funny I uh accidentally whilst we were chatting deleted my notes because I've I've written them <gasps> and accidentally deleted them turns out you can recover them so all is right oh. oh good I'm just looking at this one note and it says how clueless is Archie but that's it like it gave like I didn't write any more than that and so just whilst we were working through this I like in the back of my head I'm like what on earth does how clueless is Archie relate to? And then I recalled it was a comment I wrote when, um, you know how he goes back and forth between Val and Veronica? Mm-hmm. Talking about foreshadowing again. Um, and now, you know, uh, Veronica's like, I'll help you, no problem. And she's, he's like, that's great. And the next thing, Val totally blows her off. back in and she's like, wait, what's going on? And, um, and she's like, I hate you. You're so clueless and so mean. And, and then yeah. he literally like turns around and he goes, wait, do you want your part back? And Val is like standing right there. I'm like, dude, stop talking. He is so clueless. Our special little Arthur. Words are hard. Gee. <laughs> he is so special. Like he has a good heart. Let's be real. But goodness me what can you do yes our little Archie oh gosh (laughs) but you know it's he's got the best interests at heart for everybody and I guess he's kind of like myself where he wants to please everybody but at the same time dude just use your brain yeah I mean he is very sweet about his dad and and Hermione and he's like but I thought they both liked each other (laughs) Yeah, which is very sweet, and Veronica is not quick to be so sweet because she she's not on team uh, whatever Fred and Hermione's ship name is. But ooh, what would that be? Fredoni. No, that's lame. Ah, uh, heard. Oh my god, <laughs> heard. Oh my god, let's call them that. <laughs> It's just Hermione. It's just her, but with a D at the end. <laughs> that is hilarious. Let's there because if you, if you put Fred in it, I just think of Handmaid's Tale with Ah Fred. <laughs> that's oh, not what I mean. True. Uh, speaking of, I literally watched every single episode today <gasps> of season one. So I just started season two before we started recording, and girl, oh, 
that show oh, worked out. I believe I waited so long. It, it's so good. I can't believe you waited that long. <laughs> I can't. Well, I mean, granted, I had to wait to have a hot second to myself. Yeah, to um, have a life at all. Oh, those? What are those? Oh, that's right. That's where I get to watch TV. Hooray. <laughs> Apart from Riverdale. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's excellent. I, I, I love I waited this long to jump on the bandwagon. I love Handmaid's Tale. I've watched it as it's been uh, the first season I watched as it was coming out. And then the second season I did the same. And in between I read, I read the book. Yeah, I'm thinking about reading the book. I'm I'm still reading another book at the moment. Again, I'm waiting. It's a really quick quick read because it's only it's just a couple hundred pages. It's it's pretty quick. Ah, so let me one. let me ask you then: Does the show take liberty with what's written in the book? <laughs> yeah, I would. So a really good podcast that you should listen to. Um, that's about. The Handmaid's Tale and like not just about the show but they like talk about the book and all that stuff as well and like do comparisons with the first season um is called Red All Over Red All Over um and it's two women just like us and they talk and chat about the show and it's really really good um but so they like analyze the book and stuff like that and draw conclusions and parallels between the two and like how they differentiate and what that and all that stuff. But one of the big, I feel like the biggest thing they do take some liberties, but basically the first season is the book. Mm. And then the second season is totally new. Um, they do take some liberties, but nothing that's like plot, like to plot wise, like everything's basically the same. Um, you kind of begin and end at the same places you would in the book. Okay. Um, like the ending is totally the ending of the book. Like, except that there's an epilogue in the book, which we haven't seen yet. Um, but, but yeah, but, but the biggest difference is that, um, is Offred herself, the character, because you can't really have it in the book. She's a uh, much more complacent. She, because she's literally a slave and um, in this oppressive government and whatnot where she has no ability to really do anything um, and she's just trying to survive, she doesn't really do much because she just wants to live. So she's not really doing much. And in the TV show, that's not really the case. She's doing much more. So in the podcast I referenced, they call her in the TV show action off-red because she's more doing in the book, it's a lot of her just thinking and contemplating and reminiscing and thinking about the world and whatnot. But um, in the TV shows, there's much more action, which you have to have because it's a TV show. Um, that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. But other than that, it's, it's pretty accurate. That's pretty funny, though. That makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. When you get some, some good action off red. I love that. I love that. Um, but again, in True Bitty Squared uh, format, we have digressed. But it is really just the most amazing, amazing show. Um, yeah, what have you got on your notes? Um, I the performance. Uh, this I always think about this Pussycats performance for some reason. I don't know why. It's not necessarily their best one, but I heard this song in a trailer recently as well for another show, and I was like, ah, <laughs> that's a Pussycat song. <laughs> that's was it another show on the CW? No, it wasn't. It was, I think it was a movie trailer. I can't remember what it was for. Uh, it was um something with Owen, Owen something. What's Wilson? his last name? He was a... Yes. 
Yes. And he's in like this, um, it's based on a true person and it's in the seventies. Yeah. I I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. And it was definitely the Pussycats version. It wasn't Donna Summer. No, it wasn't. It was, no, it was the Donna Summers. It wasn't the Pussycats version, but just hearing that song. I thought you meant that they stole it from the show and there is this movie. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a little, um, (laughs) like, that's like Inception, you know? It was in a show and then they're using that show's song in a movie that's unrelated. I mean, I'm, I feel like that has happened and I can't think of what the reference is, but, but no, that is not what it meant. It was just the song that they originally covered. Yeah. The Donna Summers one. Um, but yeah, my notes are mostly like, yeah, Archie being silly, the Fred, the Fred and Hermione stuff. Um, Jughead and Betty, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We get Archie's like first real performance in this one too. Yes, exactly. And it's it's something that I really hope they return to in season three. I realize in season two how much I missed him singing and his exploration of music and you know It's just such a big part of his character. It is. It's a huge part of his character. And Last season, he was so busy doing Hiram's bidding that it never really happened. You know, he never really got the opportunity to sing. Or I think at one point he even made a comment about, oh, you know, that's for kids or I don't need to worry about that anymore. This is where my loyalties really lie. Yeah, he gets so so serious and whatnot. It... Yeah, I I would really like to go back. And it, this episode, I really enjoyed the um the youthfulness of it. It felt like these were kids with kid problems, and like, and it really just felt like they're like perfect for their age. Like, other than like the Betty and Jughead, even though that's like just Betty trying to find her sister is still like a very genuine um, and age appropriate kind of thing to deal with. Um, but just like the idea of there being a talent show or what do they call it? A variety show. Um, and who's going to be in it and who's going to sing what, and who's going to sing with who. And like that kind of thing that all you, and you see it start at the beginning and then we get to see how it finishes and it all comes to fruition. Um, I liked that a lot. Yeah. I miss that. I do too. I know. I hope, I hope they, they don't need to completely come back to um no I feel like if they tried to do that it wouldn't work but a little bit I think they could do it let's just have a scene with him and a guitar that'd be all right (laughs) yeah yeah I would really like for him to pick up the guitar again but obviously in this episode as well we see that um Jughead and Betty kind of track down Jason's car and it it's proved to be his car because you know his jacket's in there and amongst other things um yeah but interesting that like the drugs would just be in the back of the car like that just yeah to find. yeah and I can't remember because it's been so long since I did my first two watches of this season um but I can't really remember why the car is left in this kind of situation so I'm curious 
to continue watching and see why it was left like this. It doesn't make sense when I think back, but I, I don't think I'm remembering everything. Um, I thought I was just under the impression that they stored the car there. Um, and then they were planning to no one would find it meet there. Oh, like Jason stored it there. Yeah. Jason and Polly both knew it was there. Polly made a, um, a comment about that in uh, this episode where she said, oh, you know, we're going to meet at the car. Uh, you, you drive all the way down. And once you see the broken down sign, that's where that's where the car is. She kind of says, yeah, kind of crazy rant. So I'm pretty sure Jason planted it there with his clothes. And then he was going to stage his murder, swim to the other side, get in the car and wait for Polly. But obviously, uh, you know, that plan went awry for him and as well for her, which we find out this episode that Alice and Hal had the Sisters of Quiet Mercy there. To yeah, take. waiting for her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like waiting. I think what I'm... Sorry, I think what I'm kind of uh, confused about is how, I mean, I don't know if we've said so far who, we have, yeah, we've said that Jason's dad is is the one who murders him. Um, because we don't care about spoilers. Um, <laughs> this is a rewatch podcast. What are you doing here if you care about spoilers? Exactly. Um, but it's it does seem odd to me that uh, that Mr. Blossom would go to all these links to like to do this, but then never found the car. I think that's where I'm like, why didn't they find it sooner? Why did it take? two kids to talk to Polly to track down the car for then FP and everyone to find it and then take care of it. And then as I was speaking that I, in the middle of my thought process went, Oh, because it's Riverdale and the parents can't do anything. <laughs> Only the kids can. Duh. It's and like, then my hand hit my forehead and I cried. <laughs> Wait, my son is dead. He's been murdered. But has he? Because, like, maybe he just left because his car's not there. You know? Yeah. Like, why didn't they make that connection? Why didn't the police go, well, where is his car? Where's his car? Yeah. Yeah. Because police are hopeless, and so are yeah. the adults in Riverdale. In the show. Yes, in the show. In the show. Oh. In Riverdale, everyone's doing a bad job. And not covering all their corners. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but I, I think it would be interesting. The Just the, like, even though you don't like Polly, just talking about not necessarily even that it has to be this Polly, but a Polly in general who was excited to start a new life with her baby and the love of her life. I, I'm putting air quotes around that. Um, but then she's just in an insane asylum, for like lack of a better term. And doesn't know that he's dead. Like, that's so sad. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I feel for her. And that is really sad. Oh, God. But you know what? I still don't like her. And I I can differentiate. I know it. I'm not trying to ask you to like her. (laughs) I I just feel like every time you bring her up, I just have to say, but I don't. I know. It's like I have to just keep justifying how I feel. I don't know why. No, you don't have to. It's okay. I'm just saying, like, that sucks. You know what's going to happen? 
I'm what? Up booking an awesome movie deal and she's going to be on it and I'm going to have to tell her that I thought you're she gonna was going to have to Yeah. Like, and you're going to also like work with her and then you're going to be best friends. She's going to be like I was going to say she's going to be in your wedding but you're already married. Um <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what? Oh my god, it's so funny because if that happened, I would have to like delete my Facebook, delete this podcast. <laughs> Like, I would never be able to tell her that I didn't like her character. And, I mean, the good thing is it's not her as an actor I don't like. It's her character. I find her character completely all over the place. And, you know, the story for her is so just blah. Anyway, and I do think, you know, perhaps it is partially bad direction as well. But I just don't like Polly. But if no. I end up working with this actress, I'm not, like, you're so beautiful. Let's be best friends. I loved your work. <laughs> I'm going to have to. And she's going to find out. Someone's going to walk up to her and whis- while you're sitting next to her laughing. And they'll whisper in her ear and her, and her smile will fade to a frown. And she'll just be like, talk to you later. And like, walk away. I know. And I'm going to be so hurt. <laughs> and then she'll ruin your career. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That it won't happen. I mean, but not necessarily that you'll be friends or something, but that won't happen. I so. it would be fine because I would just get her to watch my work and tell me that I'm terrible and then we we would be fine. <laughs> You'd be even. Exactly. So there you go. All would sure. be right in the world. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, I do feel like this Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to actually say one more thing on Polly. Uh, yeah. But not, again, this isn't on her itself. It's more, it was just a weird choice. I'm yeah. not sure if I believed that she jumped out the window when she was that pregnant. No. Yeah, totally. No, I don't think so either. I, <laughs> I don't think so either. It is a very weird, I feel like it might be like a, look, I went this way, but then really I went this way kind of situation, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I do, I will say this is one of my, in the first few episodes, I think this is one of my favorite endings. Yes. I I love the them bursting through the door and it's raining and, and, and the window's broken and she's not there. And like, I love that. I thought it was really nicely shot too. Nothing, yeah, yeah. Nothing over the top, like nothing that you know isn't achievable um mm-hmm. but just aesthetically it was it was shot really nice and it was edited really nicely so yeah good on them for for bringing together a really lovely ending even though it wasn't lovely yeah. in the world <laughs> yeah 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 did you have anything else to add before we wrap it up i don't think so really yeah i think we touched on everything i was I really took note of. Yeah, likewise. Well, then we need to ask ourselves, uh, mm-hmm. what would Betty do? So what would she do this week? Betty would find her sister. Yes. And be so happy that she's pregnant, but so conflicted about everything else. She would kiss um, John. She'd kiss a boy. Yep, she'd kiss a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but immediately jump into action, find a car for whatever reason, leave a car that has chock full of evidence. Um, and then, and then lose her sister again. So, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the healthiest what would Betty do? Right. I think so. (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah. Because normally we're like, she'd blackmail somebody. She'd punch somebody. She'd steal a gun. She'd break into a car. This is a sensible one. She finds her. Yeah, this is. And she kisses a boy. Yeah, other than the first episode. Yeah. Which was pretty, pretty tame for Betty. Yeah, it was tame, exactly. We didn't sort of see this this uh, Nancy Drew-esque Betty until uh, until later on. But there you go. So, yes, you can live by uh, what would Betty do uh, status this week. Find your long-lost yeah. sister and kiss a boy. That's lovely. Yeah, that's not so bad at all. I would honestly love to hear from anybody who finds out this week that they've found their long lost sister <laughs> and then just kissed a boy. Like that would just be, we want to hear from you. If, if you're listening please. to this and you're like, Oh my God, they're talking about me. <laughs> Our details are on um, the Facebook page and also on iTunes. Yeah. Email us. We want to hear from you. <laughs> email Betty squared two at gmail.com. <laughs> all right well on that note i'll leave you to go find long lost sisters and uh (laughs) and we will see you all next week woohoo bye bye